Hi, this is John Ben from the Clones of Bruce Lee, and you're listening to Michael and Matthew from the Clones cast. Hey, stop, you're hurting my arm. Hey guys, Matthew and Michael here. We are starting this episode a little differently. Uh, there's been a big loss in the Bruce and slash Bruce Boitation universe. Uh, John Ben has passed away. Uh, Michael, you, uh, as anyone listening to this episode is going to hear, had just visited with him. Um, gosh, I guess it's been a month and a half, right? Yeah, it was in no, uh, it was the beginning of December. I'm kind of forgetting the, the holidays. You get all screwed up. It was just, end of November, beginning of December, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So you you kind of got his last interview and uh, his his last take on all of this stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. It uh, you know I mean and you and I did the, the the episode I guess right was it right after I yeah it was right after right yeah correct yeah it was right after I came back so you know what everybody's going to hear this thing coming up you're, we're just talking about him as if he's he's still with us which obviously he's not um, but. Uh, you know, it was good. It was really nice to be able to come in there at that last minute and, and um, you know, have that have that opportunity to, to spend some time with him and his brother, Rick. Um, yeah. But uh, they kind of, I mean, at that time I wasn't saying anything, but they were they were sure, they, they weren't even sure he was going to make it to Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, um, and so uh, uh, when he called me, I guess he called me in, um, you know, we, the, the afternoon when it happened in the morning, and then I just asked him if it was okay if I mentioned it online he was like please do because john just you know loved his his audience and his people and and so you know i tweeted about it and you know within an hour everybody was throwing it around so um but yeah yeah to, i'll tell you though he lived a good life that guy you know and you'll you know luckily we i had a chance to get in there and really talk to him about his life for for our documentary and um i've already i'd actually already talked to him when i was doing the book because i've i've been i've known john for about 10 years now i guess but um um i've actually spent that much time with him uh, until just this last time but uh yeah big big you know just watching the icons kind of go it always like struck strikes chords with you you know yeah yeah exactly well i love that some of the pictures you took there uh, I, I like i'm glad he got you to have a beer <laughs> Oh yeah, well, admittedly, it was a little posed. He, okay. his, his, uh, his brother Rick. He, you know, he said, "Here, you got it," because they, they love their liquor out there. You know, he was giving me a, a shot of some kind of black liquor, and I don't, and I don't drink. You know, <laughs> so not because of AA or anything. I just never have since a kid. You know, it's just like for my health. But I took a, just a tiny sip of it. And it was like the most intense thing. I mean, probably made for you. You'd be like, "Yeah, whatever." You know, water. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> for me, it was like, "Woo, you guys! I don't know how you do it." Yep. Well, good times. Um, at the uh, end of this episode, we'll talk a little more um, about him, and we'll talk about um, our next episode uh, in in honor. And uh, I say from there, uh, on to the episode. Yeah, so uh, we'll pick it up afterwards. From the Far East to the Great West. The podcast that celebrates the red-headed stepchild of the Kung Fu genre. Bruce Boitation. Welcome to the Clones Cast.
Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Welcome to the Clonescast. Uh, this episode, we are uh, going to talk about the 1981 The Chinese Stuntman, directed by and starring Ho Chung Tao, a.k.a. Bruce Lai. Um, right now, I'd normally go through a synopsis, but uh, I know that you just got back from a trip, and I wanted to jump in and ask you right away, how the heck did that go? My trip? My trip out to Kentucky, you mean? Yeah, Louisville. That was good. It was good. I went out there to um, visit with uh, my little friend uh, John Ben, who everybody listening to this will know from Clones of Bruce Lee and nice. probably even more so from Way of the Dragon. And uh, I was, I was, it was great. It was really good. I got to, I was with him and his brother, and um, I spent a couple days with him out there. And part of it was just, you know, just social, just hanging out and talking. But some of it was for the documentary and for the book and for a couple other little things. So Nice. Well, um, anybody who isn't following your Instagram needs to jump on it because you – I was I was mentioning this to, to Jana the other day, uh, my significant other. Um, I'm just like, Michael has a freaking eye like nobody's eye. Like every picture you took just <laughs> epitomized this like – this part of the South that isn't really the South. It's kind of, but it was just these gorgeous, gorgeous pictures that you took while you're down there. I just, I was blown away. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, you no, know, you know, it's funny. I, I, I do try. My brain always thinks that way. I'm always thinking camera. You know, yeah. when I'm working. I could so feel it. I, yeah, I could yeah. feel exactly that. It's like each one's a still from a really cool flick. Yeah, which is always interesting because you want to do it and not make it artificial you want to try and capture it in its natural state but still make it as poignant as possible so you're always looking for that angle the light to hit it a certain way or or whatever it might be right not the same old cheesy sunset in colorado that i've seen like 400 times like yeah it's it's really pretty people i get it (laughs) i've taken that picture myself felt pretty good no, it's really good stuff. I just wanted to throw that out there. And uh, the you. other thing about Louisville, of course, uh, so much bourbon, which is totally lost on you. <laughs> yeah, my God. Yeah, I wasn't. It was trying to get passed out on me. You know, they, it was like everybody's like, "Hey, you want a drink? You want some alcohol?" You want, it was crazy. I was like, "No, I don't. I don't drink." They go, "Oh, you an AA?" I'm going, "No, I just don't drink. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just... never have." You know. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, but, that's cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward yeah, to that. Cool. That's going to be in the documentary. Yes, that will be in the documentary. Very the, cool. the you know you know it was really kind of interesting is when I was talking to John he was uh, he they they because I was just I was curious about you know recognitions in his life and it was funny he said that day or the day before I got there a little nine year old kid came up to him and said hey are you in the Bruce Lee movie and he was like yeah and they talked and then he said but the day before a woman that was in her 80s asked him the same question and I just thought that was so hilarious he had this range of like 10 year old kids to 80 year old women asking him if he was in the Bruce Lee movie and it's great they still recognize him you know yeah and to be fair that's one of those things like you wouldn't expect him to have like street recognition um, as important as you know he is but it's and you see you send that that cool picture of him out there Uh, he he definitely still looks. He's just. He, we all get old. Everybody gets old. Well, he, my fr- my friend uh, David. My friend David said, "You know, John Ben looked like he was seventy when he did Way of the Dragon." <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. Yeah. You know, so he kind of just sort of. In fact, he always wanted to look old. He said he just he always liked looking older. You know, when he could get into things or whatever it was, even when he was a young kid. You know, so it probably he just got his wish. Yeah, makes me think of like. Uh, uh, Roper, you know, he's the same way too. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, John, little yeah. John, yeah, yeah. He, exactly. Yeah, he, 
These old but, people that stay old forever. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I watch... guess there's something to that. Maybe I better stop trying to work out and just try and get older. Maybe I'll yeah, live longer. Yeah, I was uh, I was watching The Unforgiven for the first time in, in years and years. The Lancaster and, one? Yeah. No, uh, yeah. no. sorry, sorry. Uh, Unforgiven with uh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, because cause John Saxon's in the one with, with Lancaster right. called Unforgiven. I did yeah. not segue that. <laughs> okay, got it. That's what I thought you were going. Got it. So, no, yes, Clint Eastwood. He, he looks near death, and that was like 1990 one or something 92 he looks absolutely yeah. terrible and you know he's he's still kicked ass for another you know 20 years and as of as of this recording he's got a movie coming out in two weeks that he's starring in called the mule that he's directing yeah he doesn't he look looks the same yeah he doesn't look much older in <laughs> gran <know>. torino <laughs> than he did in yeah it's crazy and he looked old in you know way back in the day so yeah but good stuff and everything going okay with you? Yeah, I'm uh, about to go to New York City for the first time, and uh, I'm oh, first to time! Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I'll be there like a whole two weeks in uh, Astoria, which I'm, you know, I'm in the Oregon area, so my Astoria has the Goonies. Uh, I'll be interested to see if I find any Goonies in this one. <laughs> oh, great! You know, actually, I was just thinking about your your area in Oregon because I've got this movie that we're shooting at the beginning of the year, and I, I'm sort of going to go out I'm, I'm I think it's going to be in Arizona but I started thinking of Oregon because you have such kind of weird majestic creepy areas to Oregon you know mm-hmm. that I was starting to think about for locations so I was I was juggling aspect you know because you brought up the Goonies you know and I was thinking uh, you get such great stuff out there for for locales oh for sure the the rocky shores like that when just a little bit further down the beach you're back to like pretty pristine you know beaches beaches so yeah it's pretty, pretty sweet that's cool. Well, good stuff, man. Well, let me drag you in here. Um, okay. I'm going to give you the synopsis. Uh, I, I think every listener we have has seen this movie, so this is sort of lost on it, but I'll do it anyway. Uh, Bruce Lai plays a kung fu dude who wants to get a job, and so he sells insurance um, due to a bunch of complicated stuff. Uh, the plot, as we'll call it in this case. Instead, he becomes a stuntman for um, a famous kung fu actor, which uh, I'm going to say is Jackie. So Bruce becomes the stuntman for Jackie. Uh, Bruce learns that people are trying to kill him um, so they can cash in on the insurance policy, and there are lots of fights. So the classic question, when did you first see this, and what do you think of it? I remember seeing this later when it was on VHS. Really? And it, cause, and yeah, it was because um, part of the reason I remember, recall, because I can't remember exactly every time the first film, you know, the first time I saw some of these films, or some of them I clearly can remember and others I'm not, but I, what I remember about this in particular was when the mar- there was a couple of martial arts magazines that were coming out at the time that um, were showing, you know, Inosanto in a Bruce Lai movie, and I remember going, oh my God, this is great, Dan Inosanto did a movie with Bruce Lai, and I, I just remember for a good, you know, at least a couple of years just trying to track it down or hoping it was going to show in one of the theaters or something and then ultimately it you know came out i don't know if it was an ocean shores video ocean shores was a distribution company back Mm -hmm. one of the earliest ones in the u.s that would put out the the kung fu films um but uh yeah so i didn't see it till it was on video but i i remember i remember really liking it when i first saw it you know it just because it 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 definitely without you know without and we can talk about it as we we discussed the plot but without tapping into it in the way that dynamo did it still you know had bruce lee throughout the movie you know but because of the fact that it was directed by ho jong dao that it had bruce lee in it in a much different way than dynamo did even though there there's some similarities to the plot yeah i i read um that 
uh, he did not want to be listed on this one as Bruce Lai. He was like, done with mm-hmm. that. This is my movie. And um, I guess that worked in certain regions, but the moment they sent it out internationally, they're like, um, I read somebody, I don't know who, where, where I read this. It may have been City on the Fire, City on Fire, but um, they said that they saw a copy that had Bruce Lay, and I think it was something from Deadly Fingers on the cover or something stupid like that. So, you know, they were just trying to, come on, nobody's going to know who Ho Chung Tao is. Like, we need to, we need to do it up. But fun cast, uh, Dan, he's always fun to see. Um, I know John from other ones, right? Because he's so familiar. Or maybe he just... John Ladaski? Yeah. Well, he's been in other movies. No, other Um, other Bruceploitation. I may be getting him confused with other white guys with big mustachios from other ones. Yeah, I think that you are confusing him with... um, The one from uh, the... The one where the the leopard attacks one of our Bruces. You know, it's the guy in, like, the leopard suit. Right, I'm blanking on his his name, (laughs) but... uh, yeah, but no, John John would go on to do other films later, like, you know, Godfrey Ho-style ninja-type movies. But oh, cool. This was his first, and I don't think he saw any of them. Um, I think it was in Armor of God, though. I think he did with yeah. Jackie Chan yeah. later. So. That one popped up a bunch of times, and I don't know that one, but I'm like, that's cool. And then uh, Wei Ping, who I just love to see in these things. Uh, of course. He goes back, I was like a 10-year-old when I first saw him, maybe younger, and I'm just like, who is this freaking guy? I, he's, he brings it. Well, what's great about this is when you watch the American dub, it's the same guy dubbing his voice <laughs> that dubbed him for the American uh, version of Way of the Dragon. Right. So, it's the, oh, he's got this so, so whiny. And it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, that same guy's probably done him a number of times, but it's just sort of no. <laughs> it's his it favorite. He's, it's, it's his specialty. He's like, yeah, give me oh, him. Shit. Give me a- <laughs> Yeah. I do a white ping. <laughs> Bring it. Yeah. Ooh, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, what we didn't about the have Jackie? to blame gay in this one. <laughs> what about the Jackie guy? Uh, the, oh, um, that's the, what the plays the, the the actor. You mean? Yeah. His is name's he... uh, Yang Kong. I think they. He's got a couple of names. Yang Kong is what I know him from. He hasn't done a lot of uh, Bruce Ploitation films. I mean, he was in um, some like other mainstream kung fu films like um, uh, The Green Dragon Inn and uh, Eighteen Fatal Strikes. But he, this was really his only Bruce Bloitation film they did, and it was okay. one of his last because I think he only did one, maybe two other films after he had, had done this. He didn't have much of a, uh, you know, notable career. This guy. Gotcha. Yeah, but he, he was an interesting character in this. You he know, did he a played good job. this sort of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was sort of this cocky, arrogant, not very good, <laughs> you know, martial <laughs> arts guy, and I, I thought, you know. I, I mean, the whole. I mean, again, back to this thing we were talking about. This whole. What's interesting about the movie regarding dynamo is with dynamo you know he's bruce lies getting into the business because he's looks like bruce lee. oh it looks like bruce lee he's bruce lee bruce lee you know and that could tell oh, here's the bruce lee funeral footage you know and he comes in and that's his whole deal in this case it's just because he's a he's a good martial artist he comes on and he's not even being bred to be an actor he's being bred to be a stunt man which i think was again uh, interesting on the choice of ho jung dao if it was indeed his idea which i i didn't ask him but you know that He's paying attention to the sort of more proletariat, you know, blue collar worker on the sets, and which this movie Ooh. does a lot more. So, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. who he's trying to give a little credit to, and the film does go into that a lot. A lot of the sequences are dealing with the stunt guys and how they're the guys that are kind of getting their asses beat, and you know, so yeah, yes. Yeah, spoiler alert, but not really. <laughs> that car part, I'm like really <laughs> when he has to oh, jump right. over the car i think there's yeah. a point where stuntman just says mm, i'm out 
this is too much. But yeah, yeah, no, you're right. They really, really paid a lot of attention to that. I mean, I feel like most of the movie is on set talking to these other... I don't even know what these people are supposed to be doing except, you know, screwing with people. But <laughs> Yeah, well, and again, and again, this is the Jackie Chan influence was coming in. And Jackie Chan's, remember, part of his... Um, right. His myth yeah. was being not myth. It, it, part of his legend was being uh, a stuntman. You know, where Bruce Lee was Bruce Lee. He was a martial artist and an actor. And you, with with Jackie Chan, I'm a stuntman and now I'm acting. I, and I'm staying I, a stuntman even that. as I act. Yeah. When I heard first heard that in the '80s, I just lost. It. I'm like, what? This weird ass goofy dude does all of his own stunts, and then you watch him do it. It's all acrobatics and everything. I could see. You know, that's where. Where Jackie did something a little bit different. It's not serious, but you can also see he's getting kind of beat up and he's falling over and he's going to have to yeah. allow a ladder to hit him in the head and weird shit. Yeah. Well, and what I like, again, from like like the beginning of this movie, you know, it, it starts off right away with a, a fairly creative approach, you know, to the, to the filmmaking. You know, you got this, starts off with this establishing shot of the YMCA and then we're behind Ladasky's head. And Lodaski's walking in, and he kind of comes to the doors, and he opens it up, and it reveals the martial arts class going on. And and then he's just kind of walking in, and you know, at first you're expecting him to be the the the, the bad guy, you know, the, the the evil white guy that steps into the right. martial arts gym and tries to beat everybody else. But he's kind of walking up, saying, "Oh, you're doing this wrong. Let me help you." And they're like, "Get out of here!" And 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 then he's like, the the old guy challenges him. He goes, "I don't fight old guys." And the woman challenges. Him, he goes, "I don't fight women." You know, so it's sort of like giving him his. His ethical side, you know, which is like, I'm not just going to kick anybody's butt. I have my my morals, you know, and then he gets into the fight. And, and it's great how when he's fighting these guys and then all of a sudden Bruce, Bruce Lai comes in and grabs his hand and there's this long pause and it pans over to Bruce Lai's face and the light sort of it suddenly becomes very almost, um, you know, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, just very. Um, uh, otherworldly, right. you know, and then suddenly the, be- the, all the, the martial yeah. arts, yeah, exactly. All the martial arts students are gone. The the background becomes red, and then we're having their fight scene played over the credit sequence, you know. So, I mean, it it, it did it does this movie does have some great creative um, aspects to the filmmaking part of it that you know we can go over. But it's I just I like the way it started off, you know. I mean, it's a little weird and heavy handed, obviously, and it's still a you know, low budget kung fu movie but i thought that was kind of good and it grabs your attention yeah i can't imagine they have the same kind of quality control so i what you see here are a lot of really good ideas and some of them brought forward really well a lot of times in this uh, in this movie it flashes to like bruce like on a lawn with kind of a cool background doing something like the yeah. egg, the egg part, which we'll get to, we'll get there. So right. yeah, you got it. The best opening, I just loved it. I, I did think that um, Ladowski was going to be a bad guy, and in fact, I still thought it all the way up to the part where so he goes, he gets this insurance sales job because we have to establish this plot. Um, there's another fight for some reason. Oh, uh, one cool thing is the whole fight with him. It ends with, of course. Hey, you got a call or whatever? And he's like, yeah. "What? A job interview?" The dude's like, "What? We're fighting." He's like, "No, I beat you. I got to go get a job." Yeah, he's great. like, "Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, that was cool." And he walks off with that. <laughs> it's true, right? So that's a good point. It's that one of the things that that what you also got to admire about Bruce Lee is he's not trying to make himself out to be the super, you know, badass, slick, cocky guy. He's like, he's kind of silly. He's go happy, go lucky, which I think stands out with him and and some of the other some of the other uh, you know Bruce Ploitation notables you know where it's just he does that with himself a lot we've seen Dragon Lee do it particularly in that last one we we'd watched 
But uh, it's great how he right away starts off with this. He comes in as a badass, but then we see this other side to him right away. <laughs> All right. Yes, I'm Sangway. Who is it? Tomorrow. Huh? Tomorrow? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've got a job. Yeah, oh, that's 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 yeah, thank you. Well, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> he's crazy, that guy. Oh, and he's so gullible throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, he's just ridiculously gullible. And everybody's like, what is wrong with you? And he's like... I didn't know what else to do. Like, the guy's whining, or he told me this, and I don't know what to say. Yeah, he's kind of weak. Yeah, and he gets beat up, and, you know, I mean, he's it's definitely, you know, plays it vulnerable, for sure. I'll ask this early. Do you think Do you think that uh, Ho Chung Tao was trying to be himself and not Bruce Lai? Yeah, he... and again, I think that's exactly the point of this movie. You know, it's not a surprise that this is his last film. I mean, more more or less. He did a couple other films afterwards that, I, you know, I, I kind of get the feeling because they're so distinctly different in tone and style that it was probably like he got pulled back into it a few years later and it was sort of like, you know, okay, I'll come do another movie. Right. Um, but this was sort of like his swan song, you know, and we can, when we get to it, you know, the whole last shot certainly is a, a, a final wrap-up to him as a as a... The way, you know, and all the things he's told me about how he feels about the business and who he is as a person, you know, you can definitely see reflected in this this film. So I think this was much more about him, where Dynamo was much more maybe a commentary on his ideas about Bruce Lee. You know, he didn't quite, you know, obviously he wasn't directing Dynamo and he was just an actor in it, but I'm sure he had some kind of involvement with the story. But here I think it reflects much more, like you said, it's, it's more about him and about his ideas and that who how he looks at the business yeah yeah i like it i like it so we have a lot of stuff here i don't think we're going to get deep into it because there's really not a lot of consequence there's another fight in a karate studio that he didn't want to fight in and it's all because he's trying to sell insurance and they're trying to make it kind of funny he goes and he tells a woman like hey i've got you want to look at my insurance and she's yeah. like no fuck off and then these guys again he didn't even want to fight they but we needed to fight because it yeah and that was uh that actually in that that gym as he's fighting with um uh, Lou Hawk Ming, who's the who's the action director for the film, and he was oh. like, in, he also did the action directing in um, uh, Blind Fist of Bruce, which we you haven't seen yet, but another one of Bruce Lai's films. And then the other actor, who's the one that keeps following him around, is um, what's his name? Kit Kit Kyung Kit Kyung. I can't remember his exact name, but he's uh, he he was an actual extra in Enter the Dragon, but he mm-hmm. was also in uh, Bruce Lai's Greatest Revenge and Bruce Lai in New Guinea. I mean, he's been around. So the two of those guys have are sort of I, you can see where. Bruce Lai was bringing in people he'd worked with before. To yeah, do that's this brilliant. Film. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Oh, that's cool. So um, we finally get to a point where he gets back to his apartment, hard day of selling insurance, and here is Ladowski again. Um, we'll Who's followed him, followed him home and is now waiting for him to... Yeah. To... Hey, I've been expecting you. What kept you so long? Oh, what do you want? Last time, you beat me. So now you want to return. If you want, you can beat me. I'm really tired. You're wrong. That isn't it. I've come here to learn from you. Because you beat me. To learn? As my student? No. 
to you, which is a great scene. You know, it's like that. What I liked about it is how he's comes in. Bruce Lai walks in. He's all tired. And he's been in this fight, and Ladasky's sitting there going, "Hey, we got unfinished business." And then, <laughs> and then he's sitting on the floor. And then it's so funny because then Bruce Lai just sort of slides down the wall like with him and just goes. Yeah, well, well, look, if you want to beat me, go ahead, because I'm pretty tired. Yeah, done. <laughs> he's, he's like, no, I want to learn from you. But it was it was a really, I just felt like a really good way and creative way to, to start creating an interesting relationship between these two guys that wasn't so typical. You know? and, and nothing's better than what follows, which is their really funny workout. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, isn't that great? It was the best. It was the best. Yeah, it was just a, weird stuff, yeah. Well, that, that he does this this thing where you know where Bruce lies on the ground in like the splits or he's in a butterfly stretch I can't remember what it is and then Bruce Lai hands him a stick that he he wraps around him stands on his legs so Ladasky's like standing on Bruce stretching him while he's pulling the stick up stretching Bruce more and then doing his own biceps as it's just the craziest old school weird looking routine I've ever seen it was great yeah, I loved it too. That part, um, very, very comedic. And there aren't a lot of those in this, uh, but it really kind of set together that uh, Mustachio and Bruce are going to be best buddies. And which worked out really yeah. well too, because um, um, Ledowski, he's like he's one of the first ones, like I was just saying, he's the one that's like, no, don't don't do it like you're you're an idiot but yeah 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 he he comes in he's this sort of like you know hard you know i mean i was talking to bruce lie a little bit about him you could tell bruce lie you know it was like it's always hard to tell when you're talking to to some people who english isn't their first language when they're trying to convey something to you exactly what they mean mm-hmm. but he would clearly go oh ladaski he's has a strange man strange man. i remember he kept telling me <laughs> strange man i don't know what if that was his way of just dealing with the american customs or or what have you but um but what's great about uh, their relationship is that they're very they're a real odd couple but yeah. that ladaski is portrayed as sort of like the protector in a way like he's his good conscious like don't get suckered into this don't get pulled into this and um and i know ladaski had something to do with this film you know getting it going too and he um he's the one that, of course that brought in Asanto, you know later that we'll see later but um right if uh, i understand right um uh, Inosanto was his um his yeah, instructor training. i met actually yeah i met john a few times back when i was when, was studying with uh, Inosanto. but yeah he would he studied with him too so that's that's kind of how he brought him in gotcha uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, well, we get in. Um, in my notes, I just wrote after that because I have pretty much the workout, and then we're going to get to the movie studio. And, and you can also note at that point, just sorry to cut you off, no but you note at that point is that's where we've got these, even though his, he, this is the really the only time in the movie where we get the sort of Bruce Lee references because he's got Bruce Lee all over the wall. And at one point, he's talking about the the actor that he wants to go sell insurance to, who's like the star in the movie. And then John goes, "Well, I only know Bruce Lee." <laughs> and then, so there there was our uh, in, you know, our inf- which is kind of funny because it was probably a commentary on America at that time. Particularly, it's like if you go to talk to Americans at that time, even before Jackie Chan was around in '81, he was barely you know anybody knew who Jackie Chan was. And so Bruce Lee would be the uh, notable person that a right. white guy would say, "I know." Yeah, it's funny. Jackie's been in so many things, but um, I think the first thing I remember him in is The Big Brawl. And right. I'm not sure what year that was, but I think that was my intro. Yeah, that was, uh, I think, 79 or 80. I mean, it was right around right this, there. this period. Yeah. So he know, would have been like, in one thing I knew by then, and it was in a double feature at a drive-in kind of thing where I just, I thought it was interesting, you know, big Americans fighting this little 
the Chinese guy. It was an interesting film. It does not stand up to the test of time. I yeah. watched it not long ago, and I'm like, ouch. It's ouch. got some great moments in it. I love the music in it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting when you go back and rewatch it. It's pretty hardcore. Uh, but tracksuits, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce brought them. We, we took them. Okay, well, I was going to say, so I, I just put a note, random attack. So after the workout, before the movie, movie studio, for some reason we get attacked it was just to throw a fight scene in because we hadn't established the future plot, which is the movie studio people. Oh know, right, when yeah. he's fighting Chang Chang Dao up on the up on the hill, right where he's right. fighting yeah. up on the yeah. You, right. you got it. Yeah, it, I yeah. don't know how that happened or why, and it was just kind of okay. So moving on, uh, yeah. So we get in, and it was a really good fight. Uh, you know, they go to the movie studio, and and uh, Bruce is to sell Jackie insurance and. He pretty much was like, oh, I'll, I'll listen to your pitch if you beat me in a fight or whatever. And yeah, it was a pretty great fight. Yeah, and this is where we kind of dive into a lot more of the, you know, the, the filmmaking aspect of it. And and again, it's, you know, we, it, Bruce Lai is clearly sh- making his character one who's, he's kind of like shunning martial arts in a way too. You know, you notice that he's like, oh, I'm not really fighting. I'm, now I'm trying to be a businessman. I'm trying to be an insurance salesman or whatever. So it's sort of like this guy resistant to, to you know, martial arts, maybe movie making, whatever, and then he just kind of gets pulled into it, and, and we're, it's a slow process, obviously, like with Dynamo, it's sort of right away, oh, I see him fighting, you know, right away, they yank him into the business here, it's a much slower process as he gets, in, in some ways, a little more convoluted, you know, it's, because it's, he befriends the movie star first, and then that's what gets him onto the set, you know, they take these various paths to sort of lead up to him finally becoming mm-hmm. the Chinese stuntman. One thing I'll throw out, um, it's interesting that they keep doing that. I want to go back to insurance, and then the guys are heckling him on the set saying, you should just go back. I'd buy insurance from you. It's like you, you've you talk, talked about this before, and I think uh, Matthew probably talked about it too, but it's this idea that in, in China it was like – at one point it was like really not cool at all to be into martial arts, and it was a street thing. And you know what I mean? So where I'm going with that is kind of the whole becoming an executive instead of becoming a thug. And yeah. yeah. And, and of course, we're watching it and we're like, no, kick his ass. <laughs> you know, woo. Right, right, right. Fuck insurance. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I, I jumped over because I went straight to the movie studio and that um, the fight with fake Bruce. I did miss that they establish a little more plot. And that is, you know, a couple of the insurance guys saying, let's do the classic forensic files, cold case files thing, and let's put an insurance policy out on him and then murder him, which uh, right. it's the number one way to get caught. <laughs> I mean, it is the number one thing that the detectives look at for motive. They're like, okay, who's who's the uh, who's the beneficiary of the policy? Okay, yeah. that is the murderer. Let's go yeah, ahead and Let's take him. this out and kill him the next day. <laughs> right. It's so bad. But okay, but that was how we established this. So then, um, yeah, we got some white ping and we get in, we have the fake Bruce fight. And then um, the first time he has the, the wool pulled over his eyes, he has his commission completely thieved out from him. From a guy, that guy is weird anyway, but he reminds me of Ramon Zamora's best buddy from the, the Game of Death. You know, he's kind of a big dude and he's weaselly. Now, let me ask you a question. Did you, is the version you saw have that love scene in it? No, I do not remember. Yeah, there's a, there's a version. It's just, I love when these movies do this. <laughs> there is a version out there that 
it, I mean, this movie has two different names. It's the Chinese stuntman and counterattack. I don't know if it's under one of the. I can't remember which title it's under, but there's a scene where this completely out of the blue random love scene takes place in the <laughs> film to this like terrible elevator music of the Eagles Hotel California. No, and it's just somebody sticks it in there in one of the versions. I'm not really sure. You know, I didn't try and figure it out before we started this podcast, but yeah, it's pretty funny. I mean, that is I'll, awesome. I'll have to find it and send it to you at some point. It's just so strange. <laughs> And it's like a, a scene that's like as long as the fight scenes. I mean, it just goes on and on. And it's like, like making fun of itself because, you know, the movie execs, which we'll talk about in a bit, they were hilarious. They're like, no, this is garbage. We're not going to buy it from you. And then they have this stupid scene with a guy jumping over a car. They're like, that's fucking inspired. That's magic. So it's just like that. Yeah. Nope, nope. We need, a, we need, we need boobs. Put some boobs in there. Nobody's going to buy this. <laughs> Boob us up. <laughs> that's it, man. That's yeah. how it works. That's awesome. All right. Well, we got our commission theft. Uh, and then we get to the first accident, uh, which I think is really interesting that this film became a lot about that. Uh, we're filming the movie, and there's the jumping accident, and you know our our Jackie uh, is obviously not very good, and he is just a pretty boy, so they're kind of putting it up to be right. But also, everybody's pretty suspicious at this point. It's like, wait, why are you trying to have Jackie do stupid shit? Like, <laughs> he's not. Yeah, they make a big point about that. I I think it's a bigger thing because I it's usually like stuntmen become actors, and it, that's kind of a big deal. Like, oh, you know, he used to be a stuntman, or a stuntman will do directing, and it's a great action flick or something like that, and it makes sense. But there's this this like glass ceiling that most stunt people seemingly can't get past to become a leading man. So it's interesting. It's like, well, he's a really good stunt guy. He's like, yeah, but he can't act. He's like, well, you can teach him to act. Right. When Inosanto <laughs> said, right, which is very. I and I, I watch it and I try to, you know, it's like I want to. This is another question I wish I had talked to Bruce Lai about at the time. You know, so maybe next time I got to write it down. But it's is is the, is that something that was intentional? Because there's it's the same thing with Inosanto. Inosanto is this plays this character who's like a teacher a martial arts teacher but the guy's coming up and offering him this ton of money to come direct and then he they basically give him carte blanche to do what he wants and then he's on set going hey hire bruce lies he'd be a great actor teach him to act you can do it you know it's just sort of like (laughs) it's sort of like how they just throw power around on these sets or just there's a there's not a lot of redeeming qualities of the people in the film business for this which i do know is how Bruce life felt particularly at that time mm-hmm. about the business you know mm-hmm. so he was really fed up with it and just it's of, of all the people I've met and, and you know Dragon Lee and, and even Bruce Lay and, and the others and Bruce Lang they're all very straight up businessmen they're they you know they they love you know they you know Bruce Lay's still in the business trying to make movies Dragon Lee would be but he's kind of more working from the the perspective of the unions there and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um but Bruce Lai is like this guy he's more like um almost like how Bruce Lee the man the myth how he's portrayed as throwing that little hobo backpack on and taking off through the the bamboo at the end mm-hmm. you know he's he just sort of made himself return he just went home he went back home and teaches people in a park and and does physical therapy and I, he's like this guy you know so it is not surprising to me that this movie um does take that theme and it's probably for the most part fairly intentional all these little things we're pointing out about the about the teach them acting and the you know it's how they throw stuff around i mean that was a tangent about that but i think it was kind of an important part of making this movie actually 
Yeah, I totally see where you're going with that. And and also, uh, I just have to say, in any real world, you know, so he's talking to Wei Ping the whole time. And Wei Ping's just like, like he's yeah. like, it's like he's trying to like but i want him to get hurt so we can get the insurance claim but i would just be so suspicious of somebody that was always like so weaselly like that i'd be like no if i you just go home i don't yeah. want to kill people all right well we move on to a great scene which is the egg kicking which does the thing they do the egg kicking and there's the thing but then they jump to some other filmed thing which has bruce lie like in a field and it shows him right. fighting somebody else, and yep. it's the you get your foot close, but then you don't have to do the thing. Yeah. You asked me to help you. It's gonna take too long. Gonna miss my breakfast. What do you want me to do then? You said you're gonna correct my kick. Leave it to me. Now watch this. This isn't the way. You have to be able to just touch the eggs. What do you show me then? There are five basic things to kick it. You must be steady. Raise your leg just an inch away. Don't touch the eggs. You mustn't break it, all right? That's the way. Touch the egg, but don't break it. And don't move it. Just push it. Concentrate and push the target. But don't break the egg. Well, again, it's that creative. Remember that the one we were watching where they're having the verbal duel, but yet it's showing them fight. There's a there's an element of that where it's like what I'm teach trying to teach you in this moment. I'm we're going to show the audience visually a little more. Yeah. Also, in um, like that uh, made me think of the the one where you have to kick the vase or whatever or the little jar, but not break it. And it was that thing about like, look at my, look at your shoe. You still managed to touch it, and I mean, yeah, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The control. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Well, cool. Um, we get a little more insurance stuff. I really just my brain went dead every time they were talking about it. They're like, you know, it's just stuff like, well, you haven't put the claim in yet, and you know, it's right. like, plot, plot, plot. But we finally get to Inosanto. Um, you know, he shows up on set, and this at this point, he wants the. He was like, "We'll give you two thousand per film," and he holds up his he holds up his whole fist. Five. He's like, "Fine, five thousand." He's like, "No, I want fifty thousand. <laughs> it's like, "Oh, like I don't know what money's worth there, but that's a pretty big jump." But kind of a funny scene. And and uh, and what I I mean, aside from the Bruce Lee thing earlier, the pictures and the comments, this has nothing to do with Bruce Lee. I have no Bruce Lee Bruceisms on this at all, except and I'll throw this out right now versus later, but. But what do you think about Inosanto wearing the headband? I mean, maybe he just always wore them, and it was like well, thing. right, and and that's. But you're right. It's uh, it's kind of interesting because the Inosanto addition to this is definitely part of that. Because if you think about his character, it's so contrived how it works out. Let's go get a martial arts instructor, give him a directing job, so he'll hang out on set and be a director, and then that way it leads up to him fighting yeah. Bruce Lai, you know. And so you can tell that that was something that was probably later figure out how to work him into a prominent <laughs> a prominent part yeah. um but his outfit that he wears is you know strikingly similar to what he wore in game of death but right. as as it is that is a sort of a traditional filipino martial that's why bruce lee used it he's like this is what you know you should wear what's the sort of traditional filipino martial arts mm-hmm. so you know in game of death you represent that art so i mean and yes i i would 
think that the filmmakers are going, let's dress you similarly, but it's not necessarily that is the only time he would have worn that, you know, as he's probably worn it a number of times or similar, you know, dress. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a hundred percent what it is. And having him and <laughs> having, now I'm a little surprised they didn't try to, you know, obviously because Ho Jung Dao's, you know, doing the directing, they didn't maybe take it this far, but I was kind of surprised because their final scene, first off, is not the final fight of the movie. You'd think, okay, Bruce Lai and Ho Jung Dao, I mean, uh, Dan Asanto and Bruce Lai fighting each other would be the finale of the movie, but it sort of happens earlier on and then they take it, you know, the rest of it on. Which, again, maybe, and that can be, that maybe that's, you know, that may have been intentional or maybe that was how they fit him in. They said, well, we just got to have it take place earlier. I don't know, but I I do know that. They had, like, originally, it's just like Jackie and Bruce will fight. Yeah. And they're like, but but we got in a Santo. Like, yeah. And that was a way better fight, really. I mean, I, yeah, it was cool. And yeah. it's funny. Actually, if you watch the, if you get the DVD of the Chinese stuntman, I think it is, there's actually super, yeah, actually, it's probably on YouTube. What am I talking about? You can probably just look it up on YouTube. Uh, there's behind the scenes footage that John shot on Super 8 of Inosanto and Bruce Lai, like rehearsing and fighting. And, you know, so it's kind of cool to watch. Well, I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. Look, you just look it up. Just All I'm right. sure it's on YouTube somewhere, but um, it's cool. It's it's neat to watch, and you know, it's kind of interesting. They chose this little room again. You know, it's sort of this interesting dynamic. It's not a very interesting looking room, but it, it sort of builds the ability to. It's not like you're just on an open field where you can do everything you want. You're having to deal with walls and furniture and that kind of thing. So, and you're fighting with a staff and sticks. You know, so it's like the most uncomfortable fighting uh, <laughs> totally. location. Yeah, but he mastered those sticks. It looked great. Dan, yeah. Dan, that is. I was like, wow. That guy yeah, and it's great to watch him me. and John John do their fight scene yeah. first because, you know, they've obviously had a lot of experience with each other. And it's it's kind of a cool way they set up in Asanto because he's, when he's fighting John, John's using two sticks and, and Dan's only using one. He's mm-hmm. hiding the other one behind his back. And then, of course, when John loses one stick, you know, then Inosanto just continues to fight with one. And, you know, it was great. It was cool. Yeah, it was, it was a, a good, good little scene. fight scene. Great yeah. Scene. All right, well, um, so next up we get to uh, what I think just a bit more slapstick. We're on the set, and we're going to be on the set for a while, but like the first thing that happens is uh, is Bruce sits in the director's chair and uh, pretty quickly is shunned for it and uh, almost kicked off set, that kind of thing, which I thought was funny because, you know, Bruce was, you know, wanted to direct, and he was directing Game of Death, and he directed Way of the Dragon, but I think he real Bruce was probably often in that situation of it's somebody else directing him and telling him what to do. And I'm sure Bruce Lye was always like that. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it, there's that aspect. And then of course that aspect of the, how, how bumbling his character, you know, how un, you know, how disconnected he is as a character to these film sets, you know? Yeah, totally. Uh, right. Cause he's never done that. Right. He's just been a martial artist and that comes up in just a few minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, then they kind of they they punk him, right? They here try this chair, and it breaks under him, and then it's again like they're just gonna go ahead and send him off. It's got these Jackie elements to him, and especially yeah. the next scene because it's time for the fake movie to start getting filmed, and our Bruce looks like he or I'm sorry, our in this case our Jackie looks like he's getting his ass kicked. Like they were whooping the hell out of him, and I'm like, holy shit, like that. He isn't even blocking well, but you know you could tell it's very Jackie. He looks a little Jackieish with the big hair, but he's jumping up on, on like a, a, a column, and he's trying to escape. And it was very funny. But yeah, a lot, yeah. We're, we're jumping a little into Jackie territory. 
Yeah, and again, like we were saying, this is this is that time where in Hong Kong, at least, he was becoming a phenomenon for them. So there was no doubt that that was there was some reference to that for sure. And I think this idea too that was popping up in probably at least Tojong Dao's idea, and it's probably true in the filmmaking in general, how some of the 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 leads, the actors, were not really that great of martial artists, right. you know, and that the the martial the stunt guys were all the real badass fighters. Yeah. I wonder how deep this goes into that philosophy, how much they talked about that. Because that's really apparent. Well, except for the way ending, I guess, we'll, which we'll get there in a minute. Uh, but, yeah, because the next scene comes that, oh, well, no, this actor could never do these acrobatics, but I practice them all the time, and of course I could do it. And it gets to this yeah. really funny scene where it's like, oh, yeah, well, do what I do. And, you know, get our montage of flips where you never see them actually, like, mm-hmm. land. Front. Okay. okay, that's good. Master, how do you like the action? Hold it! Huh? Mr. Sun's just recovered. This acting's too dangerous. He'll only get hurt again. How do you know it's dangerous? I've practiced it myself. It's not easy. You mean you can do it yourself? Of course I can. It's all right for me. Then why don't you show me? Huh. Oh, look at this. Yeah. Hey! That's good. You follow just what I did. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, that, that's what's interesting about the movie, too, is there is a, a definite commentary on just the filmmaking process throughout. You know, like, remember there's that scene where they're watching... The, the fight scene on the, mm-hmm. the film and, and he's talking about movie fighting versus real fighting, you know, and there's all these, you know, there's, and I don't know if that's a jab at movie fighting, like it's all fake, you know, or, you know, <laughs> these aren't the real badasses or it's just another just w- element of just imparting wisdom and information about, um, about filmmaking that, you know, Bruce Lai wanted to obviously cram in on this movie. Yeah. I mean, of course, you learn about as much about his insurance, I guess, as you do about <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this definitely establishes that. It's the stuntmen and the people behind the scenes that are the actual badasses. And um, it was Bruce really did. I mean, whether it was true or not, he established, based on pure, like, phony movie fighting, that he's the greatest martial artist of all time. I mean, people believe it. And it's because they watch things like Enter the Dragon and they leave going, well, gosh, he's unbeatable. So that's obviously true. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's true. Well, yeah, I don't right. know which one we did, but remember Bruce was like, no, it's it's not, it's movie fighting. Like, don't challenge me. It was one of those where, you know, there was the classic, the guys um, challenging him on the End of the Dragon set kind of thing. Right, yeah, that was a dragon story. I think that very yeah. first one he yeah. did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Well, so they hire him as a stuntman, and uh, he ends up, just like we're saying, he ends up, he's too fast, and he's too good. And... He gets, you know, put down for it. Like, no, you know, you're wasting our money by ruining scenes. You're, you need to slow down the action so people can see it. And, you know, you don't need to just beat up everybody, which I think is still testament to exactly what you, you're going for with uh, stuntmen or the, the hearts of these films. Yet right after that is when they put out that he's been pulled, the wool's been pulled over his eyes again. And he's only getting half of how much a typical stuntman would get paid. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That keeps happening to him with this money. Right. And he's just sitting there kind of like pondering life. It's like, no, go demand your money, dude. But no. 
Um, the next scene, actually, I, I made a note about it. Right after that one, he goes back to his house, and he's hanging out with John, and John is uh, practicing on the wooden dummy. Mm-hmm. Now, I- am I mistaken that the wooden dummy is mainly for uh, Wing Chun? Right, and, and that, but that would have been something both John and, and Bruce Lai would have been familiar with and you know, encouraged. Like, Bruce Lai studied Wing Chun, and so he was, you know, you've no, you'll notice the Wing Chun done in a number of his, his films, but Ladasky too, you know, I mean, from the Wing Chun dummy was always at Inosanto's schools and part mm-hmm. of their training curriculum, so it would have been something they both would have probably wanted to, you know, push ahead in the into the film okay well that said do you see a lot of wing chun being used in the film there's some of the modified wing chun that that being used not as much i mean if you watch john fight and you watch Santo fight there's obviously okay. a, a chi- you know there's a chinese stuntman that's choreographing and and but they're allowing some of the aspects of the Jeet Kune Do mm-hmm. trapping and some of the Kali to get brought in. Because, you know, when, when Dan started teaching, in the, uh, you know, his he didn't try to be he didn't try and just stick to the the way Bruce would fight. You know, Bruce had a very specific, you know, had certain specific things that he liked to do that worked for himself, you mm-hmm. know, that he felt were he was good at that he would, you know, utilize in his 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 real life but his his fight scenes on the film as well and Inosanto had his you know so the, you know a lot of people would go to Inosanto think they're going to be trained to fight like Bruce Lee but that was never the that wasn't the case and that wasn't the idea um so if you do watch this film anybody that's familiar with the way Dan sort of teaches and fights and some of the things he put you'll they'll see elements of that in there not so much straight like I said Wing Chun but you will see the elements of the Kali and the modified Jeet Kune Do that they would they were teaching at the time. I mean, I, I could see it when I watched some of the, the exchanges. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so we get to the part of this movie where it's really um, the accident movie filming stuff. So did I miss it, or why would somebody push a barrel onto the director? The... I was that just a tr- random barrel falling? That yeah, I, I think they weren't trying to get the direct. They weren't. Yeah, they weren't trying to. He was. He's. He's. Uh, yeah, they weren't trying to get him. I think it was maybe just part of. Okay. Yeah, that was really that. weird. And then I couldn't figure out why were they trying to hurt Bruce? Like Jackie was the only one at that point with an insurance policy, so it would only make sense to. Well, this is at the point, yeah, where they were like dis- just disliking him. I think. Right. They, they, so was, they're just yeah. trying to hurt him. Okay, yeah. that's cool. I was wondering about that. Yeah, we get to the big highlight there. We watch uh, all these accidents happen, and then finally there's a situation where uh, Bruce is in the hospital because he jumped onto a mattress that had, like, metal rods in it that busted <laughs> into his back. And uh, our hero, uh, the director, was like, to the, the first off, yeah. So now Jackie's like, I'm not doing any stunts. Like, I don't even do that. And he's like, he gives the, I made you a star speech. And I'll, you know, kind of this, the, it's would have, it would have been a threat, but he's pretty much like, if I fail, we both fail and we're both going to be completely yeah. boring and horrible again. Our against careers that. are over. Yeah. yeah. So. And this yeah. is where they start playing the uh, Rocky music. That not the the training music, but the 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 sad music from Rocky starts <laughs> kicking in. When at this point, I remember I love I love finding all the samples of music in these films that Once Upon a Time in the West got used. And <laughs> you're so right. Like I've taken some of our um, episodes. At one point, I had them up on YouTube. But what'll happen 
is uh, any of the clips I put in that have music in them, it yeah. flags them. And then, oh, how yeah. funny. Like, well, you know what's it? funny is Once Upon a Time in the West actually was used in Way of the Dragon, as a Return of the Dragon, I should say. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's in there too. So even oh. Bruce Lee stole it. That's funny. I don't think I've ever noticed that. And I've seen the yeah. movie a bunch of times, the, the both of them, I should say. So yeah, I'll have to listen to that next time I watch it. It's the scene. Watch the scene where he's chasing after the sniper that's trying to shoot him through the window. That's the that's, okay. he, that's lifted right from uh, Ennio Morcone. <laughs> I love it. He must have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, so we get to a point where the director convinces Bruce to come back. It was another gullible moment where Bruce had no reason to be doing anything. And what's funny is that the, the um, John comes up and he's like, like, no, why did you, why did you do that? And he's like. You heard him pleading, right? I couldn't say no. <laughs> you know, to any reasonable person, it's like, yeah, you can say no. You can yeah. totally say no. Yeah. yeah it's... <laughs> All right. Well, then, based on that, John goes outside, and he goes to get a bunch of baguettes and some things, and he gets ambushed by a bunch of people, beaten to hell, but somehow survives and manages to at least to get one of the baguettes back in the bag. Bring it. Yeah, Bruce to... is all upset about it. Being... Hey, why does this baguette look so bad? That was hilarious. Yeah, he's in the shadows, and he walks forward. It's yeah, like, exactly. And he's such a tough guy. I love him. He's like a foot taller than every Chinese person in this film. And yeah, yeah. it's just so funny to think that every time they punch him, I'm just like, mm, I think he's okay. Yeah. I think he's going to be all right. Um, okay, so then we find out from the uh, Hollywood guys that the movie is garbage and... Our director was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? So Bruce and the crew have to team up to save the movie, which I thought was pretty great. Yeah. And then there's an odd part because it goes back to the ambush of John. It's right after they all agree to team up. And <clears throat> and Bruce is like, yes, Jackie, we're going to do this. And and our director's like, hey, hurrah. They're just suddenly in a tunnel. And John's yeah. like, hey, those are the guys that jumped me. And it was a really cool, well, the way it was filmed. They obviously found this. Yeah, no, no, I was going to point out that, too. Yeah. You know, there's a, a great use of a real interesting long shot there because the somebody recognized that that tube just looks so bitchin' that they there's that one wide shot where they're just kind of slowly pulling back yeah. while it's very ong bok, and they're just letting the whole fight scene sort of play out through the choreo, which another thing about this movie does is it's not one trying to do the you know the born identity deal with the handheld camera moving so fast you can't tell how crappy the fighters yeah. are it's it's or John Wick I mean John Wick they're 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 great but they I mean they definitely utilize the camera to try to cover any faults with the frenetic use of it and in this case they're not they they really let just let's let the techniques fly you know what I mean and so it's you know sometimes it might look a little clunky and it might look a little stagey but they're they're as a kid it was great because I always went to these films to try to pick stuff up because mm-hmm. I wanted to go try it in my classes, you know what I mean, when I was sparring. So to, for me to be able to see this stuff was always great. But, yeah, you're right. The tunnel scene actually was had some really cool little moments in there. Yeah, you know what they did? It was very choreographed, um, but like you said, in a good way. So t- tell me you went back to class and you did that thing where you just knock a guy's arm straight up in the air and then you hit him in the face. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, all the time. <laughs> It's my favorite. I would do that all the time. <laughs> all right. Well, we're kind of trying to come up with ideas because the idea is that the movie sucks because it doesn't have enough interesting action. They say it earlier, and we we skipped it. I skipped it. There's a one of the the stuntmen's like, well, there's a movie about everything. There's a movie about the flying tortoise. There's a movie about and he lists off a dozen things. So we're kind of back to that. It's like there's nothing original in this anymore. So what are we going to do? 
And at first it's like, well, how about we just have a guy who jumps over a car? I saw that in something. And it shows it, actually. It shows Bruce jumping over the car with, like, that cool, like, straight kick that you know, yep. is so famous. Yeah. Then it's like, well, and then this was Bruce. He pops in. And he's like, okay, that's already been done. How about if the car comes barreling at me and I use it as a jumping board? And they're like, no, that sounds too dangerous. And then this is uh, Jackie. Jackie's like, well, you know, he said he could do it. We should probably do it. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Fairweather friend. Throw my buddy under the bus. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Wait a moment, I've thought of something. Oh, what's that? Suppose as the man jumps over the motor car, he uses the roof as a springboard. Huh? <laughs> That's more dangerous. If he misjudges it, he'll go through the windscreen and the driver will die too. Provided we could get the timing just right, Tang Wei could do it. After all, he suggested it. Um, so they pull off the scene, which was funny because it's like he jumps out of the way the first time. And it's because they, they filmed it perfectly. The car's coming at him and then it like th- there's a camera on the foot putting the pedal to the metal right when it gets close to him and i'm like wait like everybody's seeing this attempted murder like <laughs> he jumps out of the way the first time and he's like oh no it's okay this time we'll get it right and i'm like what's gonna make him not hit the gas this next time but anyway we get the brilliant scene quote unquote brilliant scene of him bouncing off the top of the car that was that was uh that was their big um probably their big trailer moment <laughs> oh good point yeah, when this would put onto a trailer, they're like, this is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think for both, for the fake film buyers. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, the film buyers cracked me up. They're in there. This all just got kind of weird, but they're like, that was brilliant. Who's that guy? And it's, yeah. it's Bruce, and Bruce is sitting in the back of the place, and he's like, oh, he's nobody. He's absolute garbage. We would <laughs> never offer him a thing in his life. He is human garbage. I'm like, what? <laughs> It's true. Uh, well, then we have a great... Oh, sorry, please. No, no, go ahead. Oh, yeah, so that transitions perfectly to a scene where I would be the same. Bruce is like, nope, I'm done. Movies movies suck. I want to go back, and I want to sell insurance for the rest of my life because movies yeah. are for, for the birds. And, of course, uh, we get a nice big red shirts are back for a battle. Yep, and actually there's that one scene in, at the start of those that battle where... And I think it was part of their, you know, kind of, again, the ref- it works in the film as a narrative point, but it also kind of cool to watch, which he's fighting those guys on the set, and that one guy throws, the, like, swings the knife at him, and he ducks, and the knife actually goes into the wall. Like, you can tell they're using a real knife in the scene. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, and they did this in a cool way, I think. They have Bruce fighting the red shirts, but then they have uh, Inosanto fighting Mustachio or, or John. Yeah, John Ladaski, yeah. And John, he um, he obviously is no match for Inosanto in this case and uh, is getting his ass kicked. And it's one of those things. He's like, I want you to leave. And he's like, no. And then he beats the hell out of him. And he's like, how about now? He's like, no, I'm still not leaving. He's like, all right, let me beat the shit out of you some more. But it was yeah. great. It's then Bruce shows up. So the fight transitioned really well from um, Inosanto versus John to Inosanto versus Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and again, they they it is kind of interesting that they don't like just turn Inosanto into. I mean, look, the, it's a, they're all fairly cartoon characters, but they don't turn him into this guy who just wants to kill people. He's like, you know, he's like keeps going. Come on, man, I'm gonna let you out of here. I'm gonna let you out of here. That's a great <laughs> point because you know how so many other ones we watch where they're just like 
someone's like, I could leave. It's like, no, you must die. It's like, wait, yep. but why? Like, yeah. what if you never saw me again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, if, what if I promised? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's and, this, and this finale is kind of, it's great because it's like literally we see Bruce Lye get, even though he essentially wins in the end, he's, he's getting his ass beat throughout, I mean, mm-hmm. to the point. And, and the finale of it is, you know, it's not even like a, a martial arts technique. It's a stunt, right? Right. <laughs> the two of them, let's go, we're both going out this window, and whoever survives is going to be the, you know, and, and it's, it's Bruce that kind of stands up first. That's and crazy. then, which, so this is, the, this is that moment at the end that I always find so interesting and so poignant and, and, and stands out is that it's just that last bit where, you know, that whole thing happens. Bruce Lye gets up and everybody wants him back. They're like, come back. We'll pay you $100,000, 200000 And he just starts walking away and the camera's pulling back and you're on this film set and here's Bruce Lye walking off into the sunset away from, you know, all these offers of money and everybody begging him to come back because he's just like, I'm done. I'm, and I'm history. And that's why it was such a poignant last shot for Bruce Lye, really, you know, in his career, essentially. So, Yeah, that's awesome. And really, I do think... That was the big finale because the, the throwaway between him and Jackie. First off, I missed the subtleties of that watching it because I, I got to the end. I'm like, wait, so Jackie was behind it? And, and then, yeah. I'm like, wait. It did sw- he did kind of switch that guy over a little bit. Yeah, I'm like, way, I yeah. don't, it doesn't make any sense. And even he's like, well, wait, no, everybody, it's cool. Let's, we don't need to fight yet. Like, what's, what are you going to do about it, Bruce? And then, yeah. of course, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, so I guess that was it. Yeah. Anyway great movie i really enjoyed it um you know a lot of these if you could just go back in time and talk a little sense into these people about like i was thinking at one point right in the middle of all the insurance stuff just make it about drugs again you know how yeah. convenient that was with Enter the dragon it's ladies topless ladies and drugs i would just every time go like oh well those ladies need a nice brassiere and no more drugs let's fight them yeah but, but instead i'm like yeah. Now they wanted the yeah they wanted the opportunity to like make people you know this this fear of you know, people getting hurt versus the whole thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good. It's good. It's got it's you know it's got its elements. It's you know has its moments of just like like you said insurance talk to death and some of the stuff we've seen treaded before. But and there's but there's some fun interesting particularly for people that are martial arts you know interested you know where there's some interesting training sequences the Inosanto element mm-hmm. you know um this did not uh, have any bad fights i mean yeah they were fight... all pretty pretty well done yeah. you know i mean sometimes a little arbitrary but they were definitely uh, well done and there was a like i said there was a you know, there's elements of this film that the two films that reminds me of in in bruce lai's career is is dynamo and mm-hmm. soul brothers of kung fu okay remember there's he's got in that case carl scott is sort of the the outsider who american that befriends them in, mm-hmm. in, the, in a similar way and so uh, you know I, I, I think in some ways those films handled certain things better than this film but this film sort of wins over in other ways you know that they maybe didn't uh, achieve as, as much so but you know I love it I think Chinese Stuntman's great you know um, and it was a you know fitting end for, for Bruce okay well to uh, Ho Chung Tao's uh, credit um, my Bruce, Bruceism list is small as hell. It's just the mentioning of Bruce Lee in the beginning, the yellow jumpsuit, which shows up a couple times, and for no good reason. It's like, oh, somebody's in a yellow jumpsuit, and they're fighting a guy that looks like Bruce. 
whatever. And then the the question we had about Inosanto and the the headband. There aren't there isn't any cat sounds. There's no flicking the nose. There's really none of that stuff. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. He pulled away. I mean, you know, I mean that's that was the point. I think so. You're right. Good point. Well, uh, I'll jump to uh, as we do. Do you have? Oh, yeah, any? before you do, I oh. should note one thing. There, yes, the, there's a lot of people. I think there's a in the credits in this. It says. Um, I think it's assistant director Bruce Lay. I meant to ask you about that. Yeah, was but that I don't true? really think it was Bruce Lay. I've, I've asked, I was asked Bruce Lay that, and he was like, oh, no, that, he, I don't think it was him. And so I, I think I think that's just a, <laughs> a mistake. It's because, but everybody thinks he did work on it, but I, I don't think it was really him, just to point that out. That's hilarious. Yeah, some one review I read said, like, I'm blaming Bruce Lee for this particular scene because if he wasn't, oh. <laughs> it would be his kind of hackism that, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I didn't get a straight answer fully one way or the other, but I'm pretty sure it probably wasn't him. Yeah. That would make sense. He, he kind of wanted his own star, right? And yeah. Even in 81, he wasn't just like, Oh, well, yeah. I'll come Dropping over. in to help out old yeah. Bruce live for once. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I was going to ask you about news. Uh, any releases uh, or anything like that coming up? Uh, well, you know, we're finishing up all the, you know, we've got a couple of film prints that were, like, badly, you know, beaten up that we're mm-hmm. having to to fix um, that we're coming that are coming out next year, uh, next year for, our, uh, for our releases. I can say, like I said, I think I've mentioned this last time, we do have 12 of them. Um, I can give you a hint. One of the movies we are talking about tonight is going to be included Mm, very cool um the you know like i said i mentioned you know john you know we got john to talk about clones and his his life a little bit that's going to come out i'm probably going to cut together a small little uh, segment of that interview to um just to get online just so people can take a look at it and see it because uh i thought it'd be kind of nice for everybody to see um and then uh yeah, and, that, and that's uh, that's about it, man. I mean, that's it's all coming up though. We're, they're going to announce it really soon. I know that. They're, we've been talking about it, and we're going to. Uh, it'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited about getting them out there. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'd say the final thing we have um, two things. Well, first off, we did get a message. Uh, I sent it over to you. You listened to it. Um, we, to our listeners, you're right. going to hear it right here. Hey guys, this is uh, David from Boston. This is for the uh, Clones cast. I'm a huge fan of what you guys are doing. Just saying, keep up the great work. Had a little bit of a question. Um, wanted to talk about the what I see as a kind of another genre, the Bruce Bruce exploitation, where I would get movies that I thought were Bruce Lay or Bruce Lai, but then there were actually other people. So one is the Bruce takes the Dragon Town, and the other one is Cobra. So I'd love to hear you guys talk about that, how that tactic was used, why they would not only try to imitate Bruce Lee, but then actually promote it to imitate one of the more popular um, Bruce exploitation, you know, standards like Bruce Law and Bruce Lai. So yeah, love to hear about it, and I uh, hope one of those pops up on the show soon. All right. Um, that's it. Uh, what do you think? So I, I think what he's kind of talking about, which, you know, is this idea of movies that are being 
promoted as Bruce Ploitation, but then are they even Bruce Ploitation? And I, you know, which to me, I still count just as Bruce Ploitation. In other words, where you, I've recently, if you go on uh, Instagram, you can see there's a number of posters that I put up that were um, just dealing with films that are 100% non-related to anything Bruce Lee, but they're getting titles like Ten Commandments of Lee or Lee's, <laughs> you know, Angry Children or or uh, you know Bruce's whatever blank blankety blank, Bruce versus the Chinese Frankenstein, you know, and so there's there is a number of these productions that you know that got released particularly by L and T. And I think ARC are two examples of distributors in the, the late 70s and the early 80s that would take take films, martial arts films, just traditional, straight-up, sword-fighting slash, you know, chop-and-block type of movies, and then give it some kind of a Lee or some kind of a Bruce in the title. And, and what's interesting, and, and this led to a lot of the confusion, many of their titles, and that's why I was posting about it, were just one-offs mm-hmm. like um uh I'm, I'm blanking on the name but for instance like they there's a, a bruce lee movie they called re-enter the dragon but that was the only time it was ever released as re-enter the dragon right or you know like i mentioned just a minute ago lee's the ten commandments of lee which um which film was that there's another I'm, I'm forgetting the title the original title but i mean these films were only released one time by that company so there's part of the reason you can get these um these crazy AKAs for every film is that occasionally titles would get, you know, bought up by another distributor and re-released under a different name because they didn't want to release it again as, you know, Five Fingers of Death. Now they're going to change it to Lee's Return or whatever. You know what I mean? And um, so when he's talking about Bruce against the odds or Cobra, etc. Yeah. You know, with Cobra, it's just a, I think it was just a cool sounding name. I But I think... Um, you know, Bruce Against the Odds. It was an example of a title slapped on to a very non-Bruce Ploitation film just to give it that little bit of that angle. Whether they were trying to, you know, there was a point where people were into Bruce Lie, so you would, would throw Bruce Lie onto a poster even if you it wasn't Bruce Lee, you'd still think you're going to sucker some people in. So kind of interesting how it went that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think he was maybe going there as well. So I'm glad you covered both aspects because yeah, I think it's like fake... Bruce is Bruce. It's like, well, this is Bruce Lie, but then it ends up being just some random Chinese guy. And sure. yeah, then what you said, the whole everything has stuff that should never have been titled anything to do. Like I look through some of these guys' lists and I'm like, that says Bruce and this, and this is the something, the dragon. But you, you know, you look at what it's about and it has absolutely nothing. It's just a Kung Fu movie. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey guys, Matthew and Michael here again. Um, as you can see, we recorded this episode in the beginning of December, and uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, John Ben had passed, so uh, we just wanted to, you know, throw some a little tribute out his way. Um, so, Michael, what um, what episode are we doing next? Well, that would we probably just guess what we're doing next. Everyone we're be knows. doing the clones <laughs> of Bruce Lee. Yeah, we were we were going to do this pretty soon anyway. So I think it was it's probably if there was a perfect time, it's it's now. And I, I mentioned on Instagram that the very last movie that John watched was with me and we were sitting down watching it on the on uh, my laptop. We watched uh, the clones of Bruce Lee. So um, I don't know how good or bad that is. But uh, 
uh, it was uh, nice to have a you know have that sit there and watch it with him. But uh, yeah, let's let's do that show and and you know we'll we'll make sure to talk a lot about him and 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 anybody you know listening wants to call up now and and leave a message with Matthew about thoughts on the clones or thoughts on John Ben and then we'll just tag it onto the uh, on the episode. Yep, absolutely. So four two four. Two five seven zero three four four, or just ping me on Twitter. Um, you know, the, you know, all the ways to get me. Uh, a lot of people post on the on screenmayhem.com or on theclonescast.com. So, however you want to do it, uh, tell us, give us your uh, final regards of Mr. Ben and uh, what you think of the clones. I've never seen it, so I'm pretty excited. And uh, <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's uh, celebrate. Very Temper cl- your excitement and open your mind. <laughs> yes. that's what I have to say. Uh, I was thinking more celebrate um, John Ben, but uh, yeah, I, I understand that I'm um, about to fall into the twilight zone of Bruceploitation movies. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, it's 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 something. He he, he realized what he was making, <laughs> so we <laughs> he was having a good laugh about it, you know. And it's, uh, uh, so it'll, it'll I think this is just perfect timing. So I'm, I'm I'm I know his his brother Rick told me he's very happy that we're we're doing this and. Um, and uh, we'll probably have a, a little couple of maybe some sound bites from when John and I were watching uh, the, um, the Clones of Bruce Lee because I recorded it. And maybe we'll get get a chance to put a little bit of that in there, too. So okay, Perfect. Well, thank you again, Michael. And uh, until next time. All right, buddy. Shazam. Shazam.